it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. And here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world famous Fox News headquarters in New York City, a big episode of Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, plus sized episode with me, your radio buddy, a man who is not dropping out of the GOP primary race. Uh, The word on the street is that there is immense pressure on Ron DeSantis to do exactly that. Go home to mommy. Go home. Bye. Go home to mommy. Go home to mommy. Man, Uh, the rhetoric ratcheting up on the campaign trail today as the race barrels into New Hampshire and DeSantis heads down to South Carolina to circle the wagons. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this discussion that's going to delve heavily into strategery, as my high school football coach Fred Bruno used to call it. Uh, you can like high school football. You can bet high school football like I do. doesn't really matter. We're not going to tell you how to live your life on this show. It's not what we do. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what color you are. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how dumb you are. No, ma'am. On this show, you could be a Republican. You could be a Democrat. Just don't be a Boom. There it is. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Wow. It is getting hot in these streets. I was just on my way down the hall. We were doing some some staging work, some set design on my big Saturday night TV show, uh, Fox News Saturday night, 10 o'clock this Saturday. You guys better watch. I need the ratings. Look at me. I'm not that talented. I'm not that pretty. Okay. I need, I need all the help I can get. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Exactly. But fat, drunk, and stupid has landed me on the biggest news network in the world in prime time. That can't be good. No, it's not good. So you better tune in and watch. But the point is uh, we were having a set design meeting. And in the process, of course, we have TVs on in the background. And I was watching Trump's rally yesterday with Vivek uh, up in New Hampshire, which is funny because it really does speak to the transactional nature of politics. On Monday, Trump said, oh, Vivek's too cute. You know, he tried to be our buddy. A vote for Vivek is a wasted vote. On Tuesday, he was like, by the way, Vivek's my guy. We're going to be working together. This is politics as usual. That's how it works. Okay, but Vivek will be out on the campaign trail with Trump. I don't doubt that he's campaigning for some type of a cabinet position, maybe a VP. I have no idea. Okay, but the fact remains, overnight, he went from don't waste your time on this guy to welcome to my campaign. But as all of that was going on, I looked up at the TV uh, during this meeting and saw Laura Ingram last night talking to Ron DeSantis. Now, why is this significant to Jimmy Fallon? It's because I was supposed to be on Laura Ingram last night, and at the last second, I got bumped for Ron DeSantis. That's just how white folks will do you. Now, me and Ingram are cool. The reason I'm calling this out is not that I'm mad I got bumped. I got a lot to do. It works out. That's how this stuff works when you're on a news network. Sometimes news breaks, and they got to go to that instead of you and your goofy jokes. Sometimes a third-tier presidential candidate 
<laughs> wants to come on and face the wrath of the Ingram angle. And the reason I noticed DeSantis on the TV was because of this very exchange. And I'm going to play it for you right now. This is Laura Ingram telling DeSantis to go back to Tallahassee. Clip one. He outperformed last night. He beat Nikki Haley's war chest. So he has a lot to be proud of. As a candidate on the trail, he worked his butt off. And people forget how young he is. So with, what, three more years as Florida's governor, he can build an even greater track record of success in that very important state. So a future in the Republican Party for him could be really bright. But he's simply not going to be president this time around. I know it's hard to hear. You work really hard for it. It's not happening. (laughs) Trump is simply too powerful and has endured too much. Voters aren't going to turn their backs on him at this point. And every day that Ron DeSantis stays on the campaign trail criticizing Trump is a day that hurts Ron DeSantis's political future. He doesn't gain anything from it, that's for sure. And Trump, he's not hurt by it at all. So it's time to step aside and endorse Trump. Ho, ho. Get him out of here. Get him out. Now, I want to be very clear about this analysis. I think DeSantis would be a phenomenal president. I, I genuinely do. I think he's a great governor. I think if he were to win a nomination, I could go to bed tomorrow knowing the Republicans were going to win the general and that the country was going to be okay. So I don't like getting on the air and being like, ah, DeSantis is done. Excuse me. But DeSantis in this instance, there's no way to make up the ground. You know, the fantasy for all of these candidates, including Vivek, just so we're clear, was that Trump was going to go to jail. That was the fantasy. They were all running without criticizing him in hopes that all of these indictments would ultimately wall off Trump's support and the guys would throw their hands up and go, you know, what are we going to do? We can't elect this guy. They're just going to keep on indicting him. But instead, the reaction to all of those Trump indictments was, I'm as mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. You remember the Tom Petty song, I Won't Back Down? Okay, the Trump supporters won't back down. Okay, they're getting attacked every day. They're getting called racist and misogynist and they're climate deniers and they're vaccine conspiracy mongers and everything in between. And this style of politics really isn't connecting with anybody. It's alienating people. So there's that to begin with. But then the other problem is Trump is only viable because of what a poor job the elites have done running this country, meaning a 2016 Donald Trump was only possible because of establishment Republicans and the establishment Democrats, and the fact that they had been selling this country out for the better part of four decades, that created an appetite for someone to walk in off the street and get one of these. Okay, that's how Trump got one. He got one. Do you know how hard it is to get one? Okay, we've only had 47 presidents, okay? Joe Biden, okay, being the most real, 46, this will be the 47th this time around if it switches. Okay, but it would make Trump the 47th president. Joe Biden, of course, famously sworn in as the 46th. I don't remember that ever happening. But it did. He is president. Um, And the truth is, the only way a guy like Trump could have gotten one to begin with is if establishment politicians had really lost the faith of voters. Okay, well, Trump got, you know, taken out of office, whatever way you want to call it, lost, won, conceded, whatever the case may be. The point is he's not president at the moment. And we have an establishment politician, the ultimate establishment politician, a guy who has been in Washington since Washington. And 76 percent of the country thinks it's headed in the wrong direction. For that reason, it's very easy for folks to gravitate back towards Trump because it is not buying on spec. They know what a Trump presidency is going to look like, okay? because they endured one. The problem for Nikki and DeSantis is you're buying on spec. DeSantis is a great governor, but his presidency is still speculation. 
Okay, Nikki Haley, uh, to be honest with you, I like her personally. I thought she was beclowned herself when she made her comments in Iowa the other night and said it was a two-horse race after she won one county by one vote and lost 99% of the others and happened to lose <laughs> and happened to lose to Ron DeSantis in the state of Iowa to go, the people have sent a clear message tonight. You're not telling me the truth. It wasn't a clear message. But to be clear, I think she'd be a phenomenal president. I think in the general, she's more formidable than any Republican we have. But I don't see a path to which Republican voters bail on Trump. So Ron DeSantis really is in that moment where it's probably more politically expedient than he realizes to get out, whether he wants to endorse Trump or not, because he does have a whole life ahead of him as a politician. He's young. He's a young governor, number one. Number two, okay, there is no actual path. You know, people who were harboring the fantasy of Trump might go to jail. Here's a newsflash for you. If Trump goes to jail, they're still going to vote for the guy. Correct the mundo. And that makes me sad. Not about Trump. It makes me sad about the lack of faith in the integrity of our justice system. They've seen the justice system weaponized against a political opponent. I'm not telling you Trump is throwing a perfect game. Yes, he has classified information at his house, and he shouldn't. No, he's not the first high-ranking government official to get caught with classified information. I'm Hillary Clinton, and I approve this message. Okay, Hillary Clinton destroyed 33,000 emails under a subpoena. Does that sound like she cooperated with an investigation? The answer would be no. So if the grounds for indicting Trump and raiding Mar-a-Lago with the FBI and the sirens and the guns is that he wasn't cooperative enough in giving back documents he very well could have been allowed to possess. He had declassification authority. Hillary didn't. I'm not saying he's not guilty of something. I'm not saying he hasn't violated a crime. But if we know for a fact that other presidents, including Joe Biden and Barack Obama, have retained some information from the National Archives, if Trump's the only guy getting prosecuted for it, then we know there's a double standard. And when you have a double standard, there's no standard. So the issue they're running into now in the Republican Party is there was the belief, okay, by establishment Republicans that mirrored the belief by Democrats. Hey, if we indict this guy enough, voters are going to bail on him. Wrong. Okay, every indictment has seen his support grow stronger. And if, in fact, down in Georgia, he gets convicted by Fannie Willis, who has committed every ethical violation known to man by hiring her lover to lead the prosecution against Trump, paying him $700,000. You know why we know this, by the way? Because the gentleman bringing this prosecution against Trump is going through divorce proceedings, and his wife revealed in the proceedings that he had hid $700,000 worth of income that was given to him to investigate Trump. So he's shagging a girl. She hooks him up with $700,000, much of which gets spent on the two of them in their romantic getaways. And oh, by the way, they also happen to make visits to the White House to talk to Joe Biden. What in the wide, wide world of sports is going on here? It's the weaponization of the justice system. And people see through it. It's bad for the country. Okay, believe me, I don't want to live in an America where a politician gets indicted and it doesn't mean anything to anybody. Okay, it means something for cable news ratings if you're over on MSNBC and you're going, the walls are closing in. 
I know we said it with Russia. They didn't close in. I know we said it with the Ukrainian impeachment. Didn't close in. The January 6th impeachment didn't close in. I know we said it with the civil suit. The walls didn't close in. But this time, this time, I'm telling you, they're closing in. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. The walls ain't closing in on anybody but the haters. That's just reality. I'm talking to you like we're covering sports here. I'm not endorsing Trump. I mean, he's exponentially better than Biden. But that's not the point of the speech I'm giving you. The point of the speech is if you're Ron DeSantis and you are a phenomenal governor and you are popular within the Republican Party, okay, it really is a moment to think about stepping aside. If they're not going to campaign in New Hampshire, you're basically going into South Carolina 0-2 with no path to victory. Every time somebody overperforms, they pick up more support in the next state, not less. Every time somebody underperforms, they pick up less support in the next state, not more. Why is that the case? Because people ultimately want to vote for a winner. They want to vote for the candidate that makes them feel the best about themselves. And they ultimately come to distance themselves from what they believe are sinking ships. Okay, if Donald Trump and the threshold was 50 percent, if Donald Trump needed to get 50 percent in Iowa to prove beyond any shadow of a doubt that this was his nomination to lose. okay, he has accomplished that. So DeSantis can be campaigning for a third-place finish or a second-place finish in South Carolina so some gullible donor can give him another month's worth of campaigning, but he's not campaigning for the job. At that point, he's campaigning for, like, his ego or his dignity. You know, and the truth is, if you want to be a good leader, okay, you don't have to like losing, okay? You don't have to accept defeat and that you don't believe you're going to come back and avenge it someday, okay? But you do have to be credible with the American people. And every day that you get on TV and say, oh, that's one state. The race has just begun. All right, that is one state. But you're losing in every other state. And I'm not trying to deny anybody their right to run. But what I'm telling you is there's not a development, okay, where these people are abandoning Trump. That has been established. Okay, the general election is going to be the general election. We're just talking about the nomination. I'm not telling you Trump's a lock for the White House. I'm telling you he's better then whoever the Democrats are going to nominate, he is. He's better. Okay, there's a lot of baggage. There's going to be a lot of tweets. There's going to be a lot of people staging die-ins at his inauguration if he wins. A lot of crying on the campaign trail. A lot of women pretending they're going to be in prison just for being women. They're crazy. That's how the Democrats get their way. They run on a pretend social pressure campaign. The sale right now is that if Trump gets back into office, he eliminates democracy. He kills all his opponents. He's a dictator. But if that was the case, wouldn't he have done it the first time around? I think he's got a point. Like, there's no one ever writes a book about Hitler's moderate years. <laughs> like, you know, Adolf Hitler, the quiet years. Okay, guys that are dictators take power and use it relentlessly. Okay, the only wars Donald Trump started were on Twitter. Yet we have this civilian, you know, this discussion right now about the civilian effort to take away facets of the military so the president can't do anything bad. They're not worried about him doing anything bad. Okay, they're trying to use these type of public facing efforts as a means of telling the rest of the country you can't vote for this guy. He's bad. January 6th. 
But the problem they keep coming back to is everybody who watched January 6th thought it was bad. They just don't think it's worse than high crime and open border, soaring inflation and failing schools. And that's the biggest problem they have right now in Washington. You can sell people on Trump is the devil, but life was a lot better in hell than it is in the pretend heaven we're dealing with right now. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. The critics have spoken. I really appreciate fine art. You do? Yes. And this isn't it. Ho, 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 ho. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. There it is, Fox Across America, your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. What a busy day we've got on a wet. It's a Wednesday. These are supposed to be pretty easy, low-key hangs. One of your friends comes by. And one of my friends will come by. Kennedy's going to be here. That's exciting. The human highlight reel. And uh, Wesley Hunt. Superstar congressman from the great state of Texas, where I am about to announce a Dallas date. Uh, we're working on a spring date in Dallas uh, at the Majestic Theater. That is not official. That is not news. The tickets are not on sale. What is on sale is the added show in Ponte Vedre, Florida. Uh, that is on Saturday, March the 9th. We sold out the first show so quick. We'll add a second show at 5 p.m., Uh, It's an early show, but we'll do a full meet and greet afterwards. The selfies, the gropings, the card tricks, the balloon animals, whatever you're into, those tickets on sale right now from March the 9th in Ponte Vedre, Florida. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Nobody digging. Nobody digging. Uh, The idea of Biden being on the ticket a second time, including Joe Manchin. Here he is criticizing the current president, clip seven. I think no matter who your president is, whether you're for him or against him, same party or not, you want your president to succeed. I think President Biden's been pushed too far to the left. I think he knows my feelings about that, and he should be coming back to the center or center left, which is where we make most of our decisions. It's where the economy is, and that's where the country is. There's not a successful person or a family that makes any decisions from the extremes and thinks it's going to uh, exist or last. So we're trying to bring it back. And I, that's if I get a chance and they want to meet, I'm happy to meet with them. So that's Joe Manchin saying he wants to meet in the Oval Office with Joe Biden. I keep forgetting I'm president. You see, I don't, in all honesty, Biden's not the president. Like, let's, you know, the reason he's gone as far left as he's gone is that's where they took the thing. Bureaucrats are running this. And there's a lot of ideology that's driving our domestic energy policy as it pertains to the climate. There's a lot of ideology that's driving our current support for Israel. We're saying the right things publicly, quietly. The White House interns are calling shots about ending the conflict. And we've got to do right by the, you know, the people who elected Hamas. (laughs) It's so crazy. But the reductive level uh, nature of identity politics has people, you know, thinking in terms of oppressor and oppressed and all of these lazy terms that allow you to create a moral equivalency between Israel's right to self-defense and a bunch of terrorists who slaughtered civilians. It's stupid. 
out of the gates and ready to go. Hey, it's Hutton with Row. Hot Mike is here on the Outkick Network. We've got your afternoon covered with the latest sports discussion, and it's available wherever you find your audio. Daily analysis and news. He is hot. I am Mike. Actually, my <laughs> name is Chad. His name is Jonathan, but you get the picture. We're going to bring it every single day. Whatever you want to call us, we'll respond to. We just want you to respond to what we're dishing out every day. And while you're here, we hope you subscribe to the podcast, like, subscribe, and share. It's America's Life Coach, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I'm going to play you a clip from Kamala Harris on The View. No, God! No, God! Please, no! 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 Listen, I don't want to do this. See, this is my job, okay? You know what I always say? The reason this show works is it's like, I'm not the star of the show. We are. You know, I always say, like, Fox Across America, it's our family meeting. You know, we get together at the table, and we kind of talk about each other's days and the things we encountered in our journeys. We're a bunch of little Marco Polos. Well, if it happened to me, it's happening to you. That's why you get a clip from The View. The View is awful. Believe, I know. This is like a double whammy, though. Do you remember Pressure Luck? Stop at a whammy. <laughs> you got a real whammy because you're getting The View and you're getting Kamala. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. Ha-ha! <laughs> but here it is. And, you know, just so you understand, what they do on The View, okay, and I know people who work on The View. I know someone who quit The View. Uh, Her brother is on this show quite a bit. He'll be appearing on my Saturday night show at 10 p.m. next Saturday. Okay. The View gets together and sells confirmation bias to a lot of gassy middle-aged white women. That's what's going on at The View. Yeah, I like what Whoopi said. You know. know. That's The View. Okay. Okay. It's a lot of, a lot of wildly misinformed people sharing very aggressive opinions that are never right, but they have no doubt about whether they were wrong. He knows what he's talking about. They're they're always, you know, they, they believe me. They think what they're saying is correct every single time. Like, let me give you an example, okay? If you remember when Joe Biden won the election, what's the first thing Whoopi Goldberg did? She nominated her for Surgeon General. There's only one small problem. She's not a doctor. Bingo, man, bingo! Listen to this clip. Dr. Jill becomes a Surgeon General. His wife. Yeah, Joe Joe Biden's wife, because she, you know, he would never do it, but she, yeah, she's a hell of a doctor. She's an amazing doctor. I thought she was I a doctor like and PhD. Yeah. yeah, I don't, I don't, I, don't oh, know, I could I don't be wrong. Maybe I thought she was, yeah, I think she's, I don't she's, she's, she's a teacher, but... <laughs> But everything you need to know about The View is summed up in that clip. She nominates Jill Biden for Surgeon General. The point, she's not a doctor, yet the audience still starts to clap. I think Dr. Jill, he would never do it. She should be the Surgeon General because she's an excellent doctor. <laughs> yet she says it and the audience applauds it because that's what they're doing. They're selling self-righteousness to a lot of gassy middle-aged white women. And the crew is gassy, okay? If you've read the stories about Whoopi farting on the stagehands, I don't like to say this. I don't consider this highbrow radio. I'm not happy to be surfing this wave. (laughs) But you understand that's what the view is. They have no idea what they're talking about, okay? And this was a show 
And I think to some extent it still does have an appeal to an audience. It rates quite well. But it's because it's the legacy of Barbara Walters, who was one of the most esteemed people to ever work in media. Barbara Walters, who was, oh, by the way, great friends with Donald Trump. That's true. That is true. Trump used to go on The View all the time. Trump was a member of polite society. He had a primetime show on NBC for 15 years. He was not some right-wing extremist hitman. He was someone who hung out with all of the people that are now calling him a right-wing extremist hitman. Democrats are so full of crap. The Clintons went to his wedding. Okay? He'd been on The View literally dozens of times. He had been on Howard Stern's show hundreds of times. He had hosted Saturday Night Live twice and had a primetime show on that network for 15 years, yet when he came down the escalator, everybody was like, oh, this isn't the Donald I know. Who the hell is this guy? You know, the exact same guy he'd always been. There's never been a different version of Trump. He's always been crass and bombastic, bombastic and confrontational and pugnacious. He's insulted journalists. He's fought with reporters. If he didn't like a line of questioning, okay, he'd call you out on it. There's no two Trumps. He didn't actually change. They manufactured a hysteria around him that allows them to overreact to everything he does because it rates well. And in their mind, it justifies any type of barbaric assault on decency and norms. Okay, again, we've never indicted a president once in the 247-year history of the country. This guy's been indicted 91 times. Are you going to tell me that's not a little weird? I think he's got a point. Okay, especially when you consider the things he's being indicted for aren't legitimate. The Manhattan District Attorney cannot indict him on a federal level. Why? Because he doesn't have federal charging jurisdiction. Remember Alvin Bragg? That was the first indictment. That's what got this onto the board. Alvin Bragg indicted Trump because he shagged Stormy Daniels. Oh, yes. I've read about that in the Bible. But the point is, in paying her off, Michael Cohen wrote a check that they now want to claim is a violation by Trump of federal finance laws. The problem is, to charge him with that federal crime, you'd need to be a federal prosecutor. Alvin Bragg is not, yet that's the first indictment of a president in the history of this country. I promise you, it's a very bad look for the country. The classified documents indictment is absurd, if only because we now know, after raiding Mar-a-Lago and finding documents, yes, they did, we now know Biden had documents at the University of Pennsylvania, We now know Biden had documents in a milk crate next to his Corvette in a garage that, oh, by the way, Hunter lived in the house at the time. Hunter's a dirtbag. Okay, understand classified documents just on the floor of the garage. Okay, it is believed that Obama had documents. We don't know the specifics of them. But the fact remains, when guys leave the White House, people pack up all of their goods, okay, and throw them in boxes and ship them to where they're going next. Okay, the National Archives knew what he took from the White House. How can I make that claim? Because the National Archives are the ones who help him pack. Oh, wow. So essentially they sent him home with stuff and then they were like, hey, you've got classified documents. Can you lock them up somewhere safe? They put him in a padlock in Mar-a-Lago, which has Secret Service protection. Did Biden's garage as a former senator have Secret Service protection? The answer would be no. Did Biden's garage as a former vice president have Secret Service protection? The answer would be no. So he can't have those documents, period.
but they charge Trump for it. That's a double standard. You understand? Okay, but all of this manufactured hysteria in their minds allows them to do this stuff. Because you go, you don't understand. This guy's an existential threat. You know, the guy who didn't get us into any wars. It's a good thing we got rid of him and brought in the guy who has us on the precipice of World War Three. Because the other guy was an existential threat. But World War III guy, okay, that's not an issue. Just because we're subsidizing both sides of two major conflicts, I'm telling you, we're safer. <laughs> clown stuff, okay? But when you talk about clown stuff, okay, no conversation would be complete without the gassy circus we call The View. So Kamala's over on The View, okay? Uh, so I wouldn't watch that at gunpoint. But Kamala is over on The View, of course, they're doing the customary, all Trump people are bad, white people are bad, and the crowd claps along, and Joy Behar goes on a rant and probably cuts one in between, and Kamala just takes the ride with her like it's all good. Listen to the clip. Now, are, are you scared, first of all, what could happen if Trump ever became, God forbid, president again? And what are you going to do to stop the crazies? Mm. I am scared as heck. <laughs> Yeah. Which is why I'm traveling our country. You know, there's an old saying that there are only two ways to run mm. for office, either without an opponent or scared. So on all of those points, yes, we should all be scared. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But as we know, and certainly this is a, a table of very powerful women, we don't run away from something when we're scared. We fight back against it. Mm -hmm. That's right. Right? Yeah, really good. So many of us know when we are scared for the future of our children, do we then stay in bed with the covers over our head? Nope. No. We can't. We can't. <laughs> cannot. We cannot. No. And this is where this election requires, rightly, that President Biden and I and, and all of us who are part of this administration, we got to earn re-election. There is no question. We got to be on the road. Listen, since the, in the last two weeks, I've been to Georgia, I've been to Nevada, I've been to North Carolina, I've been to South Carolina twice in the first two weeks of this year. I will be out on the road. We have to earn the reelect, and we have to communicate what we have achieved. Yes. And, and that is going to be one of our big challenges. We've done a lot of good work. Kamala is a lying sociopath. Fact checked. I love the last thing she said. She goes, we've done a lot of good work. That is a lie. What's the good work? The inflation, the overrun border, the failing schools. You see, the problem with living in a world where what you say is more important than what you do is people do tend, people who are built on empathy, good people. There are a lot of good people who vote Democrat, good people. You might not like those Democratic policies, but a lot of the people who support them are good people. This is getting lost in our politics right now because it's so combative. They hear things like, you know, we've got to worry about the future for our children. If you're a good person, you go, yeah, no, I want to worry about the future of our children. So it sounds good. And you go, yeah, I want to vote Democrat. They said they were worried about the future of our children. Except the Democrats are a wholly owned subsidiary of the teachers union, and they oppose school choice. So kids are trapped in failing inner city schools because the t Democrats won't give them the opportunity to take their education dollars elsewhere. So are they really caring about the future for our children? Of course not. The Democrats, where I live in New York City, a sanctuary city, closed school last week because we were out of room for illegal migrants who, who broke the law and came into our country. Sorry, kids, you get no school because we're out of room for the migrants and it's going to rain at the base we have them at. So rather than putting them in tents tonight, the people who broke the law to get into the country will kick you out of the classroom. 
Does that sound like a party that cares about the future of the children? The answer would be no. The Democrats who gave us safe injection sites in every major liberal city in America? I grew up in an era of just say no. We have an actual political party in power that's telling them just say yes. Just say yes. It'll be safer. It'll be cleaner if we just have safe injection sites. Here's some clean needles. Okay, here's a crack pipe and a vending machine. Try not to get any on the kids that have to step over you when you're rolling around on the sidewalk and they're trying to get to school. That's where I live, dude. That's where I live. When I was a little kid, there was an iconic, iconic set of graffiti drawing, a mural, up in Harlem during the crack epidemic of the 80s. And uh, an influencer on the graffiti side had this iconic mural. It was called Crack is Whack. Okay, but now if you go up to Harlem, crack is free, courtesy of the government. What the hell is the world coming to? But really think about the societal decay that's ensued because the Democrats, somebody like Kamala, who's like, well, we got to think about the future of this country for our children. It sounds great, but they're not thinking about our children. Fentanyl has led to a record level of poisoning deaths. Our children die off of one Adderall. Okay, one Adderall is supposed to help you write an essay and write it a lot better, you know, you think it's going than it actually is. The Adderall wears off and you're like, wow, I was a little manic. I've got myself a big editing job because I wrote for 72 hours because <laughs> it's speed. They're putting you on speed. But the problem now is you take an Adderall, it might be laced with fentanyl, you drop dead. Okay, we're not closing the border right now. We're pretending it's closed. We're pretending that people who want to close it are racist, as Jake Tapper did last night. We're going to cut away from Trump's rant about the border, anti-immigrant screed. Listen to me. No one in the Republican Party is saying don't come to our country. We're saying come legally. We're saying don't come at the behest of human traffickers and drug cartels that smuggle this crap into our country and kill our people. Okay, but they try to characterize it as some type of a racism. Why? Because it's more important to get the vote than it is to solve the problem. Okay, they don't care about the border. You can't actually be the party of children and the well-being of Americans if you're leaving the front door of our house wide open. But every time the border comes up, what do they say? Hey, we tried to pass comprehension, comprehensive immigration reform. We want these new laws. The Republicans won't work with us. Hello, the people breaking the law to get into our country don't respect our laws. Correct the mundo. They don't care about new laws. We have a current law. They break it every day. Eight million of them have broken it to come into the country. It's not about laws. They're not coming across the border illegally. Because we haven't passed comprehensive immigration reform. They're coming across the border illegally because they're getting in. Okay, that's why they're coming. You know the old Willie Sutton line? Why do you rob banks? Because that's where the money is. Why'd you migrate to America? Because they let me in. Okay, but when you go on to The View and you say something like, we're the party that's got to stop Donald Trump because we care about children. And all the women clapped. They're like, yay, that was great. Believe me, it's more disgusting to your brain than it is to your nose. You're listening to the most addictive show on the radio. This is crack, rock cocaine. It isn't glamorous or cool or kid stuff. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. 
Got a lot going on in the next hour. Kennedy's coming by. Oh, my goodness. Get the dump button ready. We're always wildly inappropriate. That's just how we roll. That's what our friendship is based on. We grew up in an era where you can say anything. It's two types of kids that are my age. Uh, I grew up 1986. Space Shuttle Challenger exploded. We were watching it in the classroom in fourth grade. We watched the Space Shuttle Challenger explode on live TV. As you'd imagine, it's pretty traumatic. It's pretty intense. A lot of kids cried. Uh, a lot of kids ran out into the schoolyard and started telling Space Shuttle Challenger jokes. I know that might seem in poor taste, but we did do it. Uh, and I'm not going to distance myself from that behavior because for a lot of people, comedy is how we grieve tragic events. Okay, as stunning as it might sound to you in the year 2024 where people get canceled for wearing the wrong Halloween costume, when comedy clubs opened in New York City in September of 2001, a week after September 11th attacks at the World Trade Center, the only thing, the only thing comedians joked about were the terror attacks. I know that sounds psychotic in this day and age, but back then the only people going to comedy clubs were people that needed a coping outlet. They needed to get away from the death counts on the TV and the color-coded terror warnings, and everything that had left them horrified. So at a time when the rubble was literally still smoldering downtown, people were barreling into the comedy cellar in massive numbers and making fun of terrorists and all the beliefs about 72 virgins and how the news was now trying to make things scarier than they were. It was funny. The late, great Patrice O'Neill had a joke where he goes, yeah, you like my leather jacket? It's like, I got it cheap because all the Middle Easterners are having an I-didn't-do-it sale down on Canal Street. So they didn't want people to be mad at him. And he'd do an accent and, you know, probably not politically correct. But, you know, if 2,100 people are dead, uh, at the time we had perspective on who the bad guys were. And it certainly wasn't the comedians. And if you didn't like what the comedians were saying, you didn't have to go to the show. Okay, that's what a lot of depraved comedy is. It's a way for a lot of people like myself who aren't intellectually evolved enough to process this stuff to make use of it emotionally without actually internalizing it on a level that will actually become harmful for ourselves. Okay, everybody has an option. Comedy is a buffet. You see a joke you like, you throw it on your tray. You don't like the joke, you just keep walking. Everybody gets their own tray. Next guy might throw it on his tray. You don't have to stop, turn around with him, and be like, how dare you have macaroni and cheese? Just shut up, you get your own tray. That's what life's supposed to be. That's what we're trying to get back to in America. That's what my Saturday Night TV show is. It's this show. It's this show with cameras, which means a hell of a whole lot more makeup. Oh, my goodness gracious. I sat down in the chair last Saturday night for the first time. I actually heard the reaction coming from the executives. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. More powder. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Well, well, well. Look who decided to come back to work for another big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. 888-788-9910 if you want a piece of this action also, the phone number, if you don't want a piece of this action. You're just another dirtbag. Kennedy uh, is going to join us the halfway point in this hour. We will also hear a little bit later on in the show from Wesley Hunt from the 38th Congressional District of Texas, someone who has drawn the ire of liberals by saying he wants to mirror the vision of Martin Luther King Jr. and be judged by the content of his character. 
and not the color of his skin. Of course, in the age of identity politics, you're not supposed to do that anymore, which is reductive and lazy and, to be honest with you, a backwards-leaning approach to things. Do you know right now, as I get on the air in the year 2024, in the most tolerant and inclusive society on the planet, we now have over 170 colleges who have, okay, think about this, segregated graduations. That's not right. Segregated. They brought back segregation, and they call themselves progressives. What a fraud. No, we're progressives. You know, Harvard is one of these. The Ivy League schools have these. Segregated graduations. And do you realize what an insult it is to the people who made all the progress to get us to where we are? Like, we actually fought a civil war to get past institutionalized slavery. Then we had a civil rights movement to get to where we are now. You know, hundreds of other laws were passed along the way. And we got to this place through sacrifice and protest and fights and death, okay, to where life got so good in this country, we're now making up racism. Oh, that old statue in the park is racist. Listen, for as long as we've been alive, we had a check and balance system for statues in the park. It was called pigeons. Bingo. Okay, statue in the park got out of line, a pigeon took care of it for you. Okay, because at the end of the day, it was a statue in the park. If you want to put up a plaque next to the statue in the park and go, we don't do what this guy did at the time, fine. But this tearing down the statue and dividing the country in a big fight uh, actually help any of the people you purport to be standing up for by doing so? The answer would be no. Look back at the summer of 2020. We lit the country on fire. 42 deaths, $10 billion in property damage. We lit 100 black-owned businesses on fire in the near north of Minneapolis. Torched a police station. Started a pretend country in Seattle called CHOP. Torched their police station, too, and drove 43% increase in early retirees amongst police around the country because they didn't feel like they had the public support and they didn't want to risk their lives and their families' lives just to get spit on at protests. We did that in this country. We have to own that. That's a modern legacy. And the end result of all of that, all of that societal unrest that looked like a societal collapse. Don't forget, long before we had January 6th, we had all the killing and carnage in Washington in the summer of love. When they threw so many bricks and rocks at Secret Service guards outside the White House that they had to put up an additional barrier to keep people from storming the White House. So, yes, on this show, we say January 6th is bad, but we don't pretend it's the first time we saw political violence in Washington, nor do we pretend that January 6th would be a top 25, top 25 for political violence in the year 2020 or that aftermath of early 2021. January 6th is not a top 25 night of carnage, sadly. okay, it might be, you know, visually disturbing because it's the capital. Okay, but the idea that we've tried to repurpose this as an attempt to overthrow the government, guys, they showed up with no weapons. You weren't overthrowing the government. It was the end of Animal House. Okay, the fraternity had been disbarred, and the Delta fraternity was upending the homecoming parade. Doesn't mean it's good. Doesn't mean it's funny. Doesn't mean I condone it. Doesn't mean I'm not concerned with the violence I saw that day. It just means this attempt to hold the whole country hostage around January 6th is idiotic. And it really speaks to a desperation on the side of the Democrats who want American voters to prioritize January 6th over, like, I don't know, paying for stuff at the grocery store. I don't know, not having a porous border that's getting everyone killed from fentanyl. I don't know, not being on the brink of multiple world wars. Okay, understand. I'm going to play a clip. Okay, Chris Sununu, 
is actually endorsing right now Nikki Haley. Uh, get her out. Get her out of here. But he is the governor of New Hampshire. Okay. And he was asked, you know, if Haley drops out, will you support Trump? And he said, absolutely. At which point MSNBC was apoplectic because they demand a one-size-fits-all compliance where you have to agree with, what? Well, what do you mean? Just going to let January 6th happen? Whoa. Here it is, clip 24. Do you not think January 6th was a big deal? Well, of course it was. No, absolutely. Of course it was. The election night on January 6th, but understand something. When it comes to the Republican primary, those issues do not really come to bear in the Republican primary for the voters. They, they just don't. They're way down on the list of priority. People want to know the border is going to be secure. They want to know that inflation is going to be taken care of. They want to know there's going to be fiscal responsibility and they're going to treat their tax dollars with respect, which nobody in Washington has done for a long time. Those are the issues driving. January 6th and election dial are not key issues on the Republican voters' mind right now. I admire your honesty. That's a guy who is stumping for Nikki Haley. But he's telling you the truth. Nobody cares about January 6th. They don't care. Don't care. I don't care. Okay, I'm sad that it happened. But when I'm raising Lincoln, my 15-year-old son, I'm not worried about a bunch of chunky middle-aged white guys led by one guy in a Chewbacca bikini roaming around the Capitol. Okay? And again, it wasn't good. But if you're going to talk about a deadly white supremacist insurgency, the only person who died was an unarmed Trump supporter named Ashley Babbitt. And I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay with the Trump supporters who did attack, okay, White House, Capitol, excuse me, Capitol Police. I'm not happy that in the aftermath of January 6th, cop committed suicide. Someone else died from a heart attack. I'm not happy. I come from a law enforcement family. But there's no comparison between January 6th and the other carnage we saw around the country in the summer of 2020. It wasn't even close. Couldn't even make the medal stand. But they've tried to repurpose January 6th as something other than what it was because they think they can hang that around the neck of every Republican voter. And they think they can socially pressure other voters to prioritize the January 6th over their everyday lives. Listen, we get your kid's school is failing, the border's overrun, crime is through the roof. We understand that you can't go to a local store now without the cosmetics being locked up in a cage where you now have to get somebody to let you into the deodorant so you can buy it and leave CVS. But more importantly, (laughs) January 6th, that's what they're running on. And you have to understand It speaks to them being so far out of touch with a rank-and-file voter to think you're going to prioritize January 6th over everything else. We could all agree January 6th was bad. I sure do. But that doesn't mean it compares on a daily basis to feeding your family, to getting your kid an education, to staying safe on the way to the store. It just doesn't. But they find themselves in this position because what else can they sell you? They can't sell you we're good, so they've got to sell you that these guys are bad. That's what they're going with. Not how it's bad. Democracy. Something about Hitler. I don't know. Okay, do you realize how bad it's got to be when you're, say, J.B. Pritzker, okay, MSNBC, goes on MSNBC, he's the governor of Illinois, and he says with a straight face that Trump's win in Iowa, where he got a historic margin of victory, he says Trump's win shows just how weak he is. (laughs) No, no, you don't understand. You don't blow out the opposition by a record margin because you're in good shape here. This is a this is a bad sign. Can you imagine being reduced to that? Like J.B. Pritzker, it didn't look like it, 
But he got hair and makeup before he went on MSNBC. Hair and makeup. Okay, multiple people. They come in, they, can you look up, sir? And they powder under your eyes, you know? They come in, they find a toner for your skin, make it look a better color. I go through this every day. Somebody's combing your hair or spraying it or spritzing it. Or in my case, they're just yelling at me about eating the whole time. That's my average makeup session. It's just like, hey, good to see you guys. You're killing yourself the way you eat. Y'all fat f- look at you. And then they throw me on TV. And I'm like, hey. Okay, but J.B. Pritzker sat through hair and makeup, had time to think before he said this clip, clip 29. Almost half of the base of the Republican Party showing up for this caucus tonight voted against Donald Trump. Think about that. I mean, this is the most famous Republican. He's the guy who, you know, basically built the modern Republican Party, the MAGA Republican Party that Democrats are running against. And half the people in that party didn't vote for Donald Trump. So I think that is telling. It tells you the weakness of Donald Trump and also the opportunity for Democrats. I mean, shut up, fool. (laughs) So dumb. You know, he won by a historic margin. It shows you the weakness of Donald Trump. Not even close. Never mind that when you look at polling, 70% of Democrats don't want Biden to run again. So Trump is weak, winning by a historic margin. But Biden, who would be lucky to get 30% of the Democratic vote. I really want you to think about this, you guys. This is I'm not going on like a right-wing pro-Trump tangent. I'm Fox News strongman. Okay, I'm just a spray tan fat guy with a TV show who goes home to play video games with his kid at night. That's the highlight of my day, every day. As I come home, the dog does a big song and dance. We say, ah, Bixby. He goes nuts. The cat yells at me to get fed. And Jenny yells, she wants a kiss. You got to make her wait. I'm not a piece of meat. I talk to the link man. He's usually got some sports news for me. And that's when my day begins, when I get home. It's the best, best part of being me. Okay, but understand... That guy, that's who's talking to you right now. Let's just have a common sense discussion. Donald Trump just won Iowa by a historic margin. You know what the Democrats did with the Iowa caucuses? They canceled them. You know what they did with New Hampshire? Canceled it. Okay. They moved South Carolina to the front because they knew Biden was going to start off 0-2 if he had to be on the ballot in those states. Does that Sound like a strong candidate? The answer would be no. Trump won his caucus by a record. Biden canceled his because he thought he would lose. And there's J.B. Pritzker on TV being like, oh, this is a bad look for Trump. (laughs) Straight clowns. Okay, here's Joy Reid. Okay, and we all know how we feel about Joy Reid on this show and just about every show out there. Okay, Joy Reid also... I mean, a straight circus clown. A straight circus clown. Joy Reid is a race-baiting loser. Okay, and here's the proof. Says Nikki Haley lost because she's still just a brown lady. Here it is, clip 30. It's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant. It's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis' only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal to Whitey. Wild. Oh, girl! The left weaponizes race. Whenever they're losing an argument. You know what Joy Reid didn't mention with the pretend racism? That the Republican Party has made double-digit increases with black voters under Biden. 40% increase with Latino voters under Biden. 
So do blacks and Latinos now currently consider the Republican Party to be racist? The answer would be no. No, they consider it to be capitalist. And they're horrified by the socialist policies of the Democrats because they've ruined inner cities. They've bankrupt inner cities. They've overwhelmed schools and infrastructures with all the migrants that have been brought here after pouring into our southern border illegally. And when Joy Reid tries to say, oh, Nikki Haley's a brown lady, she couldn't win in this anti-immigrant party, there is not a Republican in America who says they're anti-immigration. Not one. The only thing every Republican will say is come here legally. Come here legally. Pay taxes. Don't be supported by our dime. Okay, don't empower drug cartels and human traffickers to smuggle drugs into this country and sexually assault women on the way. Come here legally. That's the Republican message. So you understand when they're arguing something that's not the real argument, it's because they have no argument at all. When you're saying, oh, Nikki Haley couldn't win because she's just a brown lady. Like, can you imagine... And anyone listening to that objectively and being like, yeah, you know, Joy's right. It's, uh, she's a brown lady. That's what it is. I'm telling you. No, I, that's what it is. Okay, it's so lazy and it's so beneath all the racial progress and sacrifice that had to be made for us to be where we are, where someone like Joy Reid could even be on TV. Joy Reid is weapons grade, stupid. She's one of the dumbest people you could ever hope to meet. Like Joy Reid is where Kamala goes to feel like a valedictorian. Joy Reid is a race-baiting idiot. Joy Reid, okay, who tweeted a lifetime supply of homophobic things on Twitter, was able to keep her job by claiming she was hacked and that the FBI was investigating it. Yo, Joy, that was seven years ago. I think he's got a point. And we still haven't gotten to the bottom to all the homophobic slurs. Okay, but she's still on TV race-baiting because that's how projection works. The people who are the biggest racists are the ones pointing the arrows at you. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Tackling issues of the day in an easy way. He's all man. He's a big, strong-looking guy. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Kennedy's coming up in the next break. We're going to get to some of your calls. We'll take them together. Me and Kennedy, when we're on the road, we did our last in Liberty tour this summer. And uh, we do a little Q&A with the audience at the end. You can ask us anything you want. We would make fun of you or answer it or something in between. Uh, We'll do a little bit of that in a little bit. So if you want to talk to me and Kennedy, 888-788-9910. Kennedy's actually going out on the road solo. We're about to announce a date where she is performing at one of my favorite venues in the country. Uh, And that's coming up. You're going to hear about that by the end of the week. But right now, uh, it's just you're going to hear from Quentin Folks who was on special report last night uh, with the great Brett Baer, and he was trying to sell you on the notion that we should disregard any polling that shows Trump beating Biden. Here it is, clip 21. One thing I say everywhere is that polls don't vote, uh, voters do. And one thing that voters have done uh, since President Biden got into the arena uh, is vote for him. Uh, And that's why he was successful and was sent to the White House in 2020 with more votes than any president in modern day history defeating Donald Trump by 7 million votes. Uh, Those voters did it again in 2022, 
They've done it thus far and just recently, a couple of months ago in 2023, particularly in Georgia. I think Georgia is a case study uh, for how voters are going to double down and reject uh, MAGA extremism. Those voters in Georgia really tipped the first time. Um, and I was on the ground with Senator Warnock uh, where they did it again. These are voters that have a lot yeah. at stake and they know the differences here. So he wants you to believe that just because Biden's losing every poll in every key state, he's not concerned. Come on, don't bullshit me. That's exactly what he's doing. And again, Biden, you know, Biden got more votes in 2020 than any president in history. Don't be thick, all right? Uh, but it is one of the reasons why people don't trust the legitimacy of the election. I'm not telling you it's stolen. I don't have any proof that it was stolen. But is it not a little silly to think that Biden was more popular with black voters than Barack Obama was? Tell it like it is. You, really? You're telling me there was more enthusiasm for Biden in the black community than there was for Barack Obama? Would you stop it? I understand we changed the way we vote. We're able to juice turnout because of mail-in balloting and ballot harvesting and 24-hour drop boxes. But the fact remains, there is no passion for Joe Biden. He's not campaigning. The guy's the public appearance schedule of a groundhog. If you tell people you saw Joe Biden, they they, they react like you're – they mock you. Like, hey, Vinny, this guy says he saw Joe Biden. Let me guess. Was he with Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster? This guy's nuts over here. Reality with a bit of insanity. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Have to get in there and defend it. Oh my goodness gracious, we're so excited for the guest we have coming up on the show, Wesley Hunt from the great state of Texas. But joining us first, a guest we are equally passionate about. We know her as the human highlight reel. There she goes, the K train in studio. Hey, girl. Um, I had laryngitis yesterday. I know that's a thing. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't work yesterday. It's the only thing. And so instead, I just walked around the building and looked pretty, which it, was essentially. It was good for morale. People were ex- people people were excited about it. <laughs> Throwing big, hot nickels at me. Hot nickels. Uh, <laughs> like it's fleet. It's fleet week already. Who knew? Fleet Week is coming. Good to see you. Did I understand correctly that you might have been in Turks and Caicos? That's correct, Jim. Good for you. Do you know what the capital of Turks and Caicos is? Oh, well, no. <laughs> I mean, this is, you'll find this I, I just know you well enough to know you wouldn't be asking me if it wasn't something colorful. Give it away. Cockburn Town. Oh, get out. No, is yeah, that what it's called? That's, that's real. Wow. That's, real that's wow. Sounds like my junior year of college, but uh, let's stick with me here. When our tour manager found that out, oh, we, we laughed. For quite some time. <laughs> well, knowing our tour manager, he found out the hard way, if you will. <laughs> he said they're going to have to rename it. <laughs> <laughs> Do whatever you want with it's that, It's not folks. egregious enough. <laughs> Kennedy's here. We're happy about it. You were in Turks and Caicos. Did you see any of the NFL playoffs? Yes. Okay. I'm excited. This is a big weekend coming up. We might be throwing a football party at my house Saturday. I don't know where you're going to be. Campagno yeah, no, came I'm, by. I'm, I'm down uh-huh. because I'm hosting the big weekend show oh! Saturday. But not Sunday? Not Sunday. Maybe we do it Sunday. Yeah. We could talk about this. Yeah. The games are 3.30 and 6.30. We could work this out. Kennedy's in studio. We're getting right to some hard-hitting journalism. When are the 49ers journalism. playing? Mikey. Mikey, can we get Oh, Mikey, that's 8 o'clock Saturday. Ah, uh, Mikey, can you call Goodell? Move that around, Mikey. I mean, we could do we could do a nice steak dinner. I know, I'd like merge that. The, merge the families. You know, I went last night. I went to the, uh, the Empire Steakhouse over on 54th. That is a great underrated steakhouse. It's really good. I love that place. It's so good. Yeah, I love that place. I met a nice couple from Arkansas who I totally did a you and me. I was with my agents. Nice couple from Arkansas waited the whole dinner to come say hello. They're like, Aww. we recognize your voice. We didn't want to, 
you know, we know how much food means to you. You know, like it was kind of, I appreciated it. I appreciated the shot at me. So they came and sat in the booth to take a picture. And I do believe they believe what I said. Because, and I, and, uh, and you are, they said to my guys, and I'm like, they're, they're pilots from Epstein Island. And the woman was visibly disturbed, visibly disturbed. But love a good Jimmy Fallon listener. The husband was like, that's hot. <laughs> Now, was it the plane or the chopper? I, th- I want to thank you, gentlemen, for your service. <laughs> You've done a lot for this country, for world leaders, stuff of that nature. I'm fascinated by it all, but that steakhouse, underrated. We may have to put it on the schedule. Well, you and I can put it on the schedule. So I just wrote a piece no, that came out this it. weekend mm-hmm. kind of bashing dry January. And it's not the dry January itself. Mm-hmm. That's fine. If you're doing dry January and you're doing it to improve your life and make long-term changes – that's fantastic. I got bullied into it last year mm-hmm. as a social media trend. Okay. And it's the people who just announced to everybody, especially on Instagram, TikTok, mm-hmm. yeah. Twitter, Facebook, that they're doing dry January and, and they want like a medal for it. <laughs> Those are the most annoying people on the planet. So I found in researching this article, there's also Veganuary where people go vegan for a month. Oh. And it's like, you don't impress me. Yeah. You fat ass going going <laughs> vegan in January. Go vegan in November. Yeah, how about that? You know, it's like, why don't you sprout some tofu nards and go <laughs> vegan in the meat months? Thank you. But no one does that. The and meat it, months. It literally is like virtue signaling. That's all it is. Well, when people make these self-improvement announcements, they're really just trying to improve their click, their click game. Exactly right. Yeah, you go. Way to go. One of my favorite things that was in the infancies of Facebook is people used to post these split-screen before and after weight loss photos where you actually couldn't tell which the before one was and what the after one was. Like, you click like to be nice, but you're like, I don't know. The guy on the left has a little more neck, but the guy on the right yeah. and the well, stomach. Sorry, which is which? Yeah, you don't know which one's the before and the after. I get it. But, uh, dry, yeah, so I respect it in practice. I don't respect it in declared practice. Exactly right. Saying? It's so demonstrative. And, uh-huh. and the people who and, – and Kat and I did it last year, mm-hmm. and – it was fine because yeah. I don't drink during the week. So on the weekends, and I even said this in the article, on the, during the week, I'm a nun. On the weekends, I'm like a 21-year-old sorority girl Is she on ever? her 21st birthday Again, party. Yeah, the fun kind. It's like, it's yeah, like no. shots, fruity drinks, mm-hmm. the sweeter the better, the tighter the sweater. You know the whole thing. <laughs> and so it wasn't that big of a stretch for four weekends not drinking. It yeah. just got boring. Yeah, it did. It, it, after two weeks, like you totally clean out. Yep. You sleep better. Your skin looks great. There is really no benefit if you're a moderate drinker after two weeks. Yeah, that's it. Because then the NFL playoffs Yeah, start. and then it's like, oh, I would love a gluten-free beer right now. I would yeah. love to have a margarita with these nachos. And you don't, and it's fine, but it didn't. Like, it's not like... You're not living your best life. In January, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I'm just going to keep going. No one does that. Because then I would be impressed. It's like people who were still on the treadmill in February. It's so, like the treadmills are empty So you're saying now. if you could do a dry January and February, you've done something. Sure. Yeah. And if you really need dry January, you need dry forever. Yeah. And that is a completely different conversation. <laughs> They're not putting you on the timeout step because <laughs> they ever want to put you back in the game. No. <laughs> Kennedy's here. Uh, all of her columns at DailyMail.com are fantastic. Did you write about, I believe you did, uh, but did you write about the Emmys? I did. All right, let's talk about it. 
because uh, I loved what we did on the Golden Globes so much so that I instructed the producers to burn the tape. Uh, <laughs> so we, we took it far. Anthony Anderson, mm-hmm. um, he, he, he's he been accused of sexual assault multiple times. Mm-hmm. Mysteriously, these accusers all of a sudden just stop cooperating, usually with the LAPD. And, and these go back about two decades. So wow. he's he's got some issues there. And, and maybe it's because he's so famous now. Yep. There are people coming out of the woodwork trying to make a buck. I Possible. get it. Okay. Um, Maybe and he also was a big Jussie Smollett defender. His opening songs, he did a little medley, totally phoned in. Mm-hmm. He has horrible pitch. He added nothing to the show. The gospel choir was impressive. He was out of breath for in the air tonight. Uh-huh. The air he needed was from an asthma inhaler. <laughs> the best part of the show was his mom, who just stood up every few minutes telling people to shut up. That was that was literally the, the best part of the show. And then it was a bunch of terrified old people that they put on the set of their old shows, and they don't know what they're doing there. <laughs> so I thought Norm from Cheers was doing an ad for Life Alert. I felt bad for the guy. Martin Lawrence clearly unwell. Yeah. So apparently he had a stroke, and then they tried to say it was heat stroke in 1999. Yeah. Half of his face doesn't work. I was worried about him. I felt that they were subjecting him to some sort of a cruel you know, abuse, I, that a conservator is taking advantage of him. <laughs> you know, as you say this, you're like, Martin Lawrence, his face doesn't work. Half the audience was like, probably vaccinated. <laughs> 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 Friggin' Vax, the clawed Two shot. Two things at once. Oh, it's so funny. We're talking to the K-Train. We're excited about it. That's fascinating to me. But can you give me this? Were they a little less political? Are they getting the message? There were only – it was really funny. One of these things uh, made it in the Daily Mail article. The other did not. Niecy Nash bets. She used mm. to just be Niecy Nash. I love her. We used to be mm. on Best Week Ever together. I think she's a phenomenal comic. Uh, she's now a very versatile actress. She won Best Supporting Actress in a limited – role anthology for Dahmer. Uh-huh. She was she was Jeffrey Dahmer's creeped out neighbor. She won for that. She smuggled in volleyballs into her dress. I mean she her ginormous gazongas were about to spill out of her. Like okay. we were millimeters away from a nip slip. Okay, you got it was and and that happened um during the Golden Globes, which was so appropriately named. But it's like everyone's watching that speech. But then Nisi Nash was like, uh I want to thank me because I'm the only one who believed in me. And I was like, at least someone's being honest. Yeah, that's funny. And thank you very much for that. And then she said, you know, I also want to give a shout out to the black and brown women who have been underheard and over-policed. I'm like, and what? she's in a position where she can say that. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, that was authentic. And then GLAAD, G-L-A-A-D, mm-hmm. um, got the governor's award. And so the CEO, Sarah Kate Ellis, came out. And, you know, she was talking about representation and how... Glad is the organization that's looking over everyone's shoulder at all the scripts, yeah. making sure that they're politically correct enough and that the gay and lesbian and bi and blah, blah, blah characters are all represented mm-hmm. appropriately, which is fine and, and necessary for a lot of decades. Um, now I think we've reached a better level of parity. But then she said, and this made me laugh, she said, more people believe in ghosts than know a trans person. And so I wrote... Ghosts are clearly underrepresented, and she brings up a great point because we don't have an like so many people have seen ghosts, uh-huh. they don't see them enough. No, and in TV and in movies, where so. are the ghost roles? They didn't even have a ghost play itself in Ghost. Yeah. The movie was called Ghost. Patrick Swayze appropriated it was ghost appropriation. Well, and Whoopi Goldberg, didn't he? yeah, well, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Kennedy's here. No, we're just telling jokes. We're allowed to tell jokes. Listen, the Babylon Bee caught heat, which they told a funny joke. 
So the Babylon Bee posted a headline yesterday that Trump offered Vivek a job running the White House 7-Eleven. Now, people are like, oh, hell, that's racially insane. It's not anything. It's no. just a stupid joke. It's, it's a joke that they're actually making fun of a, Trump yes, more and than it's about Vivek. A, and, and it's they, about they a said fake that, hypothetical situation. Yeah, that, that Trump called Vivek Ramaswamy Ricky Ticky Tavi. Yeah. I mean, that that is that's poking fun at the presumptive Republican nominee, yeah. not mm-hmm. the Ohio billionaire. Thank you. Never mind that we've all heard a billion times. There is a clip, if you were going to talk about offensive, we play a clip on the show of Biden, you know, when he was vice president, going, you can't walk into a 7-Eleven in this country without meeting an Indian guy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's like if you were just going to talk about this, the, the actual stereotype, yeah. And, you know, it's yeah, he not what say, about... He's talking about Barack Obama. He's like, he's one of the clean ones. It's not, I, know. I mean, he did say that. Yes. So it's not what aboutism. The point we're trying to make is comedy is not aboutism. It's just comedy. Yes. Shut up. And Seth Dillon said, uh, we heard some complaints from people who felt like this post did not rise to our journalistic standards. <laughs> we just want you to know we heard your voices, and your voices are stupid. <laughs> Good for him. That's great. They're just jokes, folks. Yeah. Someone should have a comedy special with that exact title on Fox Nation. They're just jokes. I'd watch it. I can't wait for Tyrus' special. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good for you. No, you're, you're... Right, get her out. Get her out of here. Your material is fantastic. If I'll people haven't seen the special, they have to watch it because they get to see you. They oh, deserve try to see this you. Up. Unleashed. You know what you did. I mean, Don't they really clean. deserve to see Tyrus. <laughs> it's going to be great. I, I want to watch it. I haven't seen it. So I've watched. This is what happened with mine, and this is horrifying. We shoot it. It's the greatest crowd ever. It's the Paramounts, Long Island mooks, my people. That's exactly mooks, right. Just straight mooks. Okay. And when it was shot and in a can, they came to me. And they're like, you know, let us know if you want to cut anything out. I'm like, wait, I'm telling you. Oh, God. You're the arbiter of taste like, now. Why is this? That's, I promise this will work this way anywhere. So they let me do it, and I did it, and, and, and it is what it is. So it's every joke that I wanted in there is in there. Oh, that's fantastic. The only thing I cut were, like, random Long Island mook moments where I'm, like, during a setup, and you hear, like, Jimmy! And that's a woman, you know? Yeah, that's like, your mom. Mary yeah. Ann. Ah! Come on. I'm like, come on, Mayor. Clean it up. <laughs> Clean it up, Mayor. But it's loose. That's one of my favorite jokes of yours. Oh, uh, when you get dropped off at school and yeah. all you hear is, yeah, you fat ass. Yeah. You fat, why don't you go waddle in there? And you're like, okay, mom. Oh, Mary Ann. <laughs> Mayor, roughing up her kid. She's but, not. She's but, lovely. But because uh, I've been a little busy, I've been remiss. I also have not watched. I have not seen Tyrus' special. I have not seen the history of the world in six glasses. And I'd like to see Dan Aykroyd on the Fox platform. I'm interested. Have you seen any of it or no? John Lovitz is in it. George Wendt is in it. Do we get a free subscription? Mike, you know, we get a free subscription to Fox. I sure as hell promoted enough on the show. I mean, are you paying for it? I better not. I mean, I, I feel like I'm paying for Hulu and Netflix yeah. and... Prime. Yeah, I'm not going to pay to see myself. I mean, I, I was just waiting for the coupon. Like, you know, because every <laughs> oh, once in a while we get these great emails, these get, company-wide Mike, emails. Is there a way I can fake veteran service to get a free Fox Nation? I'll just have the tour manager do it. Yeah, she's got the guy. You know she's what I made got him just start doing is, is boarding early. He yeah. never boarded early. He had ankle surgery uh-huh. um, a few and months ago. And he served ago. this country. He served this country in combat in Afghanistan, but... Uh, he he has a limp right now because he's recovering from ankle Oh, no, surgery. no. I, I so meant people think that he's like, you know. Yeah. I meant he served this country by dating you. He did us a favor. <laughs> you need a Kennedy Wrangler. You know how, like, if you have, like, a young child and you want to run upstairs and do it, you hand them an iPad and they play Candy Crush and they ignore the noises coming from the bedroom? Like, if we just want to have a functioning life around here at Fox, we need to attach her to someone. So we got a full-time tour manager. <laughs> 
And uh, if that's what you want to call the guy, <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't know where we're performing he, he really next for some doing, reason. He's, he's and he always tells me he's like, man, negotiating with the Taliban is a lot easier than dating you. <laughs> 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 I don't know that he's the tour manager. I think it's a word that rhymes with tour. Uh, and he's managing it for us. <laughs> he's, man- he's sure managing it for us. He really is. And uh, we're having a great time. So everybody go to thedailymail.com. Read all of Kennedy's writings. Get a Fox Nation membership so you can see my special. See Tyrus' special. And you can see the history of the world in six drinks. I want to see that. I actually think it's probably entertaining and enlightening. Maybe we do that. Well, not in lieu of the football game, but maybe we can do that this Sunday. weekend. We'll do it Sunday. Sunday. Sunday is the yeah, day you. Sunday's the, the day you do it. So there it goes. The Catron and watch her Saturday on the big weekend show, Ooh, seven o'clock. Exciting. Then you go home. You watch the Forty ers Well, you watch Fox News Saturday night. Oh, that's the spirit. She turned it around. <laughs> All right, good talk. We're back Woo. after this. It's the number one children's show in the country. He's a lot better at radio than he is being a dad. <gasps> oh snap. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. All right, it's Fox Across America. Everybody's telling me how to live my life over here. Kennedy's trying to plan my football watching schedule. Juan has some ideas on how to fine-tune my TV show. Juan! Hey, Jimmy, how are you? My man! Pumped up, Juan. Hey, listen... Hey, I'm one of your disciples. Enjoy your radio show. And now that you're on TV, man, your show was off the charts, brother. Boom. Thank you. I'll take it. Hey, only a positive feedback. If you could have those special sound effects that you have on the radio on TV, it will be a first on TV, brother. That would be funny if I could sit there with the board uh, and just drop them into the show. Uh, We will take that into consideration, Juan. I don't know if we have the technical ability to do that. But I'm trying to make the show nuts. So, I, I, will, I, yeah, that'd be great. It would be unique. And the same thing is that uh, you remember that uh, HBO special used to have confessions of a taxi cab driver? Yeah. Man, you could do that. Like, you just, you did it on Saturday, something similar. Yep. That would be kicking the you-know-what. It would be oh. off the charts again, man. All right. Well, listen, I will pass your notes along to the producers. Uh, let us know what we owe you if we use your ideas, okay? Oh, I, lo- I love you, man. I, I, wish, I wish you much success in the show, brothers. Take Wani, care. you're the man. I'll see you on TV. You take care. There he, my man. There he goes. The great Juan says you take the TV show, you make it even more of the radio show. I don't listen. I think it'd be funny. I think it'd be great. I mean, the, the TV show is the radio show in spirit. It's just it's this. I say every show. I say it on TV. Be a Republican. Be a Democrat. Don't be a. And that's why we won. We won. In the, we got a huge, huge bump in the demo uh, on Saturday night. We had a big night of ratings. Well, we're moving on Look at us. I don't like to make a big deal out of this sort of stuff. But uh, when I succeed, when like um, this radio show succeeds or the TV show succeeds, the country succeeds. Because I'm like the one guy. I don't have any particular talent. I'm just the one guy trying to do a show everybody can listen to. You know, a lot of guys in comedy are doing a show that you absolutely positively can't stand 30 seconds of if you don't agree with it. You could not watch. Stephen Colbert is as funny as an orphanage on fire in Christmas Day. Okay, it's a really hard show to watch. And I don't doubt I might meet him at a party and find the guy to be somewhat likable. I, you know, Wrong. All right, but maybe I would. But the show is good. Good goodness. They ain't going out of the way to bring Republicans into the tent. You, I have liberals on my show this weekend, like real ones. And we're going to talk about everything and have fun doing it because 
Comedy doesn't have a party. Comedy is a party. Okay, and that's what people are getting wrong. Not us. Juan. I got Juan. You know the Elvis had that out. 50 million Elvis fans can't be wrong. I have one Juan can't be wrong. You're like, as long as it ain't Williams. I get it. Back after this. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. And here we go. Big hour coming up on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We're going to be joined by congressional superstar Wesley Hunt, a man who claims, who claims that he's the best dressed man in Congress. That is a fact check false. But we'll get into it. We, you know, he talks a big game, Hunt. He's got a newborn at home. He served this country in the military, graduated at West Point, has a lot of achievements to hang his hat on, uh, but got into a little bit of a dust-up uh, with some liberals because he said on Martin Luther King Day, hey, how about we listen to Martin Luther King and judge people on the content of their character and not the color of their skin? And they got mad at him. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. It is so crazy that in this day and age we're having these conversations, but we'll have them uh, at 888-788-9910. That is the phone number if you want to be a part of the show. 888-788-9910. You know the rule. You can be a Republican, you can be a Democrat, Libertarian, Independent. All we ever ask is that you don't be a... Boom! There it is. There we go. So exciting. So exciting, you guys. Um, I got out of bed this morning and was on Fox and Friends. 8.50 a.m. Me, Kilmeade, Ducey, Ainsley, Lawrence Jones. Good time. We were talking about a Panera Bread worker. Panera Bread worker. Uh, a woman has posted a video on TikTok. woman took the video in her car. Uh, the Panera drive through worker refused to serve this woman because her child was screaming. Now, I'm going to start here, okay? All the context gives us is the verbal exchange between the woman and the worker who says, I don't have to serve you. You're welcome to order on our app or come into the store. I cannot hear you and serve you under these conditions. The woman, of course, has videotaped this and said, you're not going to you're not going to serve me just because. And then she posted it on TikTok trying to get the guy in trouble. Okay, first and foremost, you're never going to have my sympathy when you're trying to ruin the life of a drive through worker. Okay, this guy is not exactly punting lobsters off the balcony. He's not bawling in life. He's busting his ass and trying to get by. But the fact that you videotaped it so you could run to TikTok and tattle on the guy, to me, uh, makes you less than savory as a pal. Okay, never mind that if it's really about feeding a hungry child, it takes a lot less time to drive to the next drive through than it does to sit there and make a TikTok video. So I don't know that the logistics of this are okay. That being said, I do wish I had one of these kids with me so people would stop feeding me bread. It might actually help me when I go on TV from time to time. But as I was watching it, it comes back to the whole ethos of the show. As I said at the top of the hour, the whole be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a you know what. Okay, that's the biggest problem in society right now. The reason I'm so optimistic, so optimistic about the future of this country is because as divided as we are, as antagonistic as our politics have become, the vast majority of us have really outgrown the fighting and we've come to understand who the people leading all the battles are. They're not people who care. They're not decent, morally upstanding people more virtuous than you or I. 
Okay, they are in a lot of ways broken people that don't want to look inward at the things they're doing wrong in their lives. So they take all of their ire out on people like you and me. He knows what he's talking about. Okay, if a drive-through worker can't hear you because your kid is screaming so wildly out of control, okay, you do at some point have to take responsibility for that as the parent. Okay, I understand the drive-through worker, but if you hear the video, you're not going to think the guy was rude. You're not going to think he called her names. But we're living in this America where everybody just wants to point the finger at somebody. And the truth is, if you live in this country, 99.9% of your prosperity is not going to come down to anybody you're pointing the finger at, but the person in the mirror. That's true. That is true. Guys, we're blowing it every day in this country. We have more freedom. We have more upward mobility. It's the richest country on the planet. It's all the most, also the most racially tolerant country on the planet. So everybody's sitting around telling you like, oh, you can't get ahead this day and age. The rich, tax the rich. That'll solve the problem. No, it won't. The rich just move their money somewhere else. They hire accountants. They hire lawyers. Every time they decide to tax the rich, what do they do? Create less jobs. And, of course, it raises the cost of goods that we wind up having to pay when we purchase things from the rich people's companies. Just hold on to your pocketbook. They just put a lien on your money, your savings, and your retirement. That's what we're living in right now. So you understand that in this country, if you want to get ahead, okay, if you want to get fed at the drive-thru, if you behave, okay, they're going to feed you at the drive-thru. If you work hard, you're going to be able to afford the sandwich at the drive-thru. Okay, it's not going to come down to who wins the next election. And that's the perspective I'm trying to give people because I think it's eluding us in this moment where everybody's just, you know, well, if we get this guy out of office, everything will be fine. That's how people live their lives now. My car won't start. Friggin' Trump. You know, that's how people live now. It's crazy. Okay, but it's not more to any type of sanity. When you talk about the actual quality of life, this is a fascinating one. Meek Mill. Meek Mill is a rapper. A lot of you may not have heard of Meek Mill. Okay, but Meek Mill has a tweet. He retweeted something of Vivek Ramaswamy's. uh, And it was a speech where Ramaswamy was calling out the fact that a lot of the liberal elites have the wrong priority. Like telling us about climate change, I promise you no one struggling to pay their rent cares what the weather's going to do in 75 years. Never mind that the oldest joke in the book is that the weatherman doesn't know tomorrow's weather. You want me to believe the weatherman knows the weather 75 years from now? They don't. They have no idea. Climate change is a grift, and they're getting paid hand over fist to peddle it. Money, 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 money. Okay, John Kerry was asked about going to Davos and having a massive carbon footprint. Massive carbon footprint. And just dismissed the the question. That's a stupid question. Don't ask me stupid questions. That's what John Kerry said to the reporter. This guy's a serious ass. And why is he saying that? Because there's no answer. There's no answer for what they're doing. Everybody who wants you to restrict your lifestyle isn't restricting theirs. Oh, you got to reduce your carbon footprint. Change cars. Take mass transit. Don't eat meat. You got to pollute less, said the guy who's flying on a private jet. There's no greater source of individual pollution. When you think of the traffic they're causing to force people onto mass transit, traffic is a bigger polluter than free-moving vehicles. So in New York City, we got rid of two car lanes on every avenue to placate bike lanes. Here's the newsflash. Every bicycle in New York City is now motorized. 
When you're right, you're right. And you're right. Think about that. All the, no one's pedaling a bike in New York City anymore. They're all electric. They're all motorized. Okay, never mind that the cars have less places to go, so they sit in more traffic. It causes more pollution. Okay, they are harming the environment in the name of helping it. When they tell you about an electric car, there is no such thing as an electric car when you think about the fact that they can't be run or charged independently of fossil fuels. So what they're saying is, oh, fossil fuels are bad, and we're not going to have you pour gas into your gas tank. We're going to make an electric car where you plug it into a grid that's powered by coal. Hey, guys, that's the same thing. Oh, you're right. And when you're right, you're right. And you, you're always right. But they're not being honest when they talk about a future without fossil fuels. Guys, if we didn't have fossil fuels, people would be dying left and right. Fossil fuels heat your home in the winter. Fossil fuels cool your home in the summer. Fossil fuels power your vehicle. Lo and behold, they are a component of the making and production of 98% of the elements in your life. Cars, chairs, windows, toothbrushes, sneakers, anything you can think of. Anything you can think of. And the fact remains that the Democrats continue to force this on the rest of the country. And Meek Mill, a rapper, responded to Vivek Ramaswamy by saying to the Democrats... Wait till y'all see who the black people in poverty are voting for in 2024. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Uh-oh, he is in trouble. Okay. Wait till y'all see who black people are voting for in 2024. He's not talking about the Democrats. Do you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black? Yeah, that's, well, apparently a lot of people are about to lose their black card. Because they're not voting for this, guys. They're not voting for more failing schools. They're not voting for a more porous border. They're not voting for a government that prioritizes the weather in 75 years over whether or not they can pay their bills this week. That's the America we're living in right now. We're subsidizing both sides of every conflict we're in overseas. We're spending literally hundreds of billions of dollars to protect the borders overseas while we're completely indifferent to our own border. Welcome to the Biden administration, home to the new slogan, America last. But when you hear rappers, we've been covering this on the show, Ice Cube, O'Shea Jackson, Ice Cube, famously said black people have been voting Democrat forever. We have nothing to show for it. Charlemagne the God, who said Biden should give the country a Christmas gift and resign. Charlemagne, who famously said he regrets voting for Kamala and Harris because they were misled in the fact that they didn't deliver for the black community in any way. The Democrats, and this is Charles McBee says this on my show a lot when he comes on. Charles McBee was out in L.A. writing for the Emmys this week. Uh, He'll tell you about it when he's on the show next week. But Charles McBee says this all the time. Every four years, the Democrats show up to the black community. They shuck and jive. They come to the fish fry. They pretend they care. They get the vote, and then nothing happens. Nothing happens. What could you point to? What could you point to in inner city America right now that's improved under Joe Biden's leadership? Okay, drugs are now given away for free. Crack pipes free in vending machines here in northern Harlem where I live. Is that actually better for the quality of life? The answer would be no. We went from just say no to here you go. Safe injection sites. Big businesses fleeing big liberal cities. There's a direct correlation between high, high rates of violent crime and low rates of economic opportunity. When 
neighborhoods don't have legal ways to make money, they tend to indulge illegal ways to make money. And that is not unique to any race. If you took an all-white neighborhood and there was no legal way to make money, people start robbing, raping each other. Okay, if you did an all-Asian neighborhood, if you did any neighborhood, okay, it's not about race. The Democrats try to filter this through the prism of race, and what they've ultimately done is they've failed the races they purport to care about the most. That's why rappers like Meek Mill are like, nope, not doing it. Okay, there is a massive groundswell in our politics right now that nobody likes to talk about, but black voters are fleeing the Democratic Party. Latino voters are fleeing the Democratic Party because they're not a priority. Calling Republicans racist is a priority, but that doesn't actually deliver on the needs in the community, because here's a newsflash that identity politics denies everybody. Okay, the needs in the black community are the same in the white community. I agree with that. You can tell me one neighborhood there's a rich black neighborhood and a poor white neighborhood next door. That's fine. You can tell me there was a rich white neighborhood, poor black. That's fine. But at our core, okay, the things that determine wealth, the things that determine growth, the things that determine prosperity are the same. How affordable are goods? How safe am I going to be on the way to the store to buy them? We have the same priorities. They're the same needs. Okay, how much is the gas I'm putting in my car? How much are the goods I'm putting on my table? How good is the school I'm sending my kids to? Those are the same needs. You can tell me different people have different resources, But the best way to level the playing field on that sort of thing is to get the government the hell out of the way and let the free market sort it out. Because we're now living in an America that's not an oppressive, systemically racist country. You know where the bar is for black people in America in 2024? President. President. We elected a black president twice. He wasn't even particularly good at the job. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. But he won. Okay. And the vast majority, the vast majority of Trump voters voted for Barack Obama. So how can you turn around and tell me that the Trump support is some type of a white lash against society? They voted for the black candidate. Were they taking a prescription they forgot to renew and the anti-racism cream wore off and they suddenly became racism again? No. It's just easier to call everyone racist than it is to deliver for the communities you purport to care about. That's why they wanted to defund the police. Defund the police led to massive spikes in the black murder rate. But it didn't matter because all the people who were telling you to defund the police had police protection. If you don't ask me, ask Cori Bush, who says not only does she have police protection, but you don't get it. Suck it up and it's fine. I'm going to make sure I have security because I know I have had attempts on my life and I have too much work to do. There are too many people that need help right now for me to, to allow that. So if I end up spending 200000 if I spend 10, 10, 10 more dollars on it, you know what? I get to be here to do the work. So suck it up and defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police and put that money into social safety nets because we're trying to save lives. That is totally absurd. Defund the police has to happen because we're trying to save lives. My goodness gracious. Defunding the police would save lives the way defunding stepmoms would save Pornhub. Okay, I promise you it's not the best thing for the bottom line. We need police. But you get these types of declarative statements because there's no deliverable. It's easier to call a group of people racist than it is to help a group of people, which is why the left continues to do what they're doing in weaponizing the race card. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. 
You're right. A show with substance and style. This is my oldest guy in the boy band look. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. He's a good-looking Italian. There it is, Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Got Wesley Hunt coming up. Everybody's calling everybody Hitler. (laughs) Democrats are trying to tell you that Trump winning by a historic margin is actually a bad thing. Are you stupid or something? (laughs) I don't know that they're stupid. I think they know better. I think the issue is they're full of Michael standing by in Decatur. He's got a take. Michael! Jimmy, uh, so the real news flash that I've heard is that you've got on makeup right now. So my <laughs> question is, what the hell do you look like without makeup? <laughs> you've been lied maybe? I don't know. Holy cow. You've been lied to. You've been lied to because I'm not in makeup. I am not on TV. I mean, I'm on Fox Nation, but they don't make me up for this. But, so, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, All so right. the Fox Nation so, viewers, the Fox Nation <laughs> viewers are getting my, this is my MTV Unplugged. If you see me on TV tonight, forget about it. I look like Brad Pitt. Uh, (laughs) Hey, so you were talking about Pritzker saying 49% of Iowa Republicans voted against Trump. Don't you think that he's really just speaking directly to your typical low-information Democrat voter? I mean, you know, highlighting that versus the fact that he won 98 out of 99 counties. Come on, man, you know? It's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. The guy literally would have won all of the counties. Literally every county in the state, he lost by one vote in one county. It's the most overwhelming win in a caucus we've ever seen. Like, we've seen people get 53% of the vote, but we've never seen them get 100% of the counties. We've never seen them get 90% of the counties. So the idea that he's broken a record for most counties won, and that's somehow a bad... I mean, it's bananas. You know what I mean? It's Imagine winning the lottery. Imagine that, well, you won the lottery. That means you're broke. And you're like, no, no, no. I might be broke a year from now, but at the moment, I'm doing all right. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you my gosh. Uh, I enjoyed your meeting with Kennedy. Uh, she is so funny, man. Oh, she's Thanks nuts. Thanks for having her on. I love her. Well, she's about to go on the road, so I'll give you some dates, uh, and you let me know if you're going to make it so we can tell security, okay? <laughs> Be well. See you, Michael. We love you. There he goes. Wesley Hunt next. It's the morning show that uh, overslept. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. There it is. And here we are. Fired up. It's Wednesday. Trying to rally the troops. Joining us now might be the best dressed guy in the infantry. Superstar representative from the great state of Texas. We're talking about the 38th Congressional District. That's Wesley Hunt. Here he is. Hey, girl. How are you? How are you doing? And first of all, Congratulations on the new gig. Hunt. You were well-deserved. Hunt, uh, you, I, well, let's talk about this really quick. First and foremost, thank you, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm, in a, I'm in a pickle because Fox put me all over the, the uh, two biggest billboards in Times Square, and now every bookie knows where to find me. 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I got problems, Hunt. I got big problems. I'm walking around with a nose and glasses on right now. It's like apparently <laughs> they don't they don't run background checks on their hosts here. I didn't know that was a thing. I'm like, oh, what we you, all know yeah. it's all good. We like I, you anyway. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean I got a show? I didn't ask for this. This isn't good. <laughs> Holy hell. So we're doing it. Uh, are you going to come grace us with your appearance at some point? You have to be in New York to do it, though. That's the hook. Absolutely. I, in fact, oh, I would love that. You hunch. call me, let me know anytime. I'll be, in the, I'll be on the first thing smoking, brother. Oh, that's rad. All right, we're going to make that work because me and you would have a good time on TV. It would be, yeah, it would, would. It would be an honor to have you on my final episode. Uh, <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> at, I can't wait. Look at you, man. Well, I'm looking around uh, D.C. right now. Uh, it's a mess, man. I don't know what. Look, I don't know where to start these days. It used to be like you'd have somebody on your radio show. You're like, I don't know. You want to do the border thing? You want to do the budget thing? You want to? Do, I don't know where to start. You lead. You take it away, Hunt. What's on your mind? Biggest thing that's on my mind right now is it, it, it is the border, mm-hmm. and it's it's important for us to continue to talk about this every single day to continue to put pressure on Democrats to get this right. And we cannot wait until November to get this right. We need to start fixing this yesterday. When you think about 8 million people entering our country illegally, brother, that's absolutely, that's absolute insanity. Uh, I, as a military guy deployed to countries all over the world, no country behaves this way mm-hmm. because that's how you erode the very fabric of, of a country if there, if there is no border. And that's why Republicans like myself are freaking out about it. And that's why the American public is freaking out about it. That's why President Trump is going to win in November, literally because of the border. And we can't harp on this enough because the second we stop, they feel like there is no problem. So on, on shows like, like, like yours, and whenever I'm on the Hill, it is the border, it is the border, it is the border. We cannot allow fentanyl to continue to pour into our country, killing our Americans and our children, and we must have a sovereign border if we're going to be a nation. Imagine that. We're talking to Wesley Hunt. And here's the thing. Okay, they try to characterize border concern as like anti-immigrant sentiment, but there's nobody in the Republican Party saying don't come. They were just saying come legally. You're exactly right. And, for the, and, and furthermore, let's keep this in mind. By the next census, Texas is going to be a majority Hispanic state. Mm-hmm. And yet our governor, our AG, and our lieutenant governor just won by over, by over 10 points at our last election. Mm-hmm. Look, Texas is a red state. It's trending red, but it's trending red because of the Hispanic population. So are you going to call the Hispanic population in Texas xenophobic and racist? That would be <laughs> weird. People <laughs> – People just want to be here legally. We want other people here legally. We need the work. We need the help. But just having open borders and having and having criminals and, and, and having people that are on terrorist watch list literally walk into our country is a problem, not just for Hispanics, not just for blacks, not just for whites. It's a problem for Americans. Imagine. And this is where the Democrat Party is losing people. We are no longer caring about race anymore. Yeah, we no. have come a very long way. On Monday was 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 it was MLK Day, uh-huh. one of my favorite days because it's a day of progress. Yep. We've come a very long way. Let's talk about what it means to be an American. Let's stop dividing each other across racial lines. Let's realize that a porous border is bad for all Americans. Yeah, I mean, I, I try to make that point on the radio that it, it, I think it has more gravity coming from you, member of the black community. That, you know, the policies that help one community help all communities, meaning if you govern as people, 
Okay, a good economy is good for everybody. A bad economy is bad for everybody. So this pretend notion that we should be targeting individual races with policies is actually how you create inequities in society. That's exactly right. And keep in mind, the rising tide raises all boats. This is why in November, President Trump is going to get the highest percentage of the black vote as a, as a, as a Republican in modern history. You mark my words. This man is going to get almost 30 percent of the black male vote. And when that happens, mm-hmm. mathematically, Democrats can't win, and that's why they're freaking out. Yeah. But black people and Hispanic people are waking up to that. Yeah. Look, everybody likes low inflation. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes war security. Everybody likes low taxes. Yeah, this, this is not just a white thing or a yeah. black thing. Yeah. It's an Amer- we all want those things. Yeah, like, like, I know. You tell you ask a black guy, do you want to pay more or less taxes? Uh-huh. Uh, less. <laughs> it's so <Right>? fascinating. <laughs> you know, what's, you know what's happening too. He's he's rappers. Rappers are jumping in. Oh, Meek Mill it. tweeted today. Yeah. That y'all yeah. going to be shocked when you see who who low income black people are voting for in 2024. <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> Look. The streets got Trump's back, man. I love it. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> real. He does have I the street. He has the streets right now because the streets yeah. are the streets are not socialist. The streets are capitalist. Yes, they are. And yes, that's, they are. That's what people don't get. It's so fascinating because, I, you know, everybody we're fighting like every battle but the one that matters. I think that's the problem with identity politics. It's like yeah. you prioritize things that don't help. It's like, all right, you want to go tear down a statue in the park, great. But the statue in the park doesn't lower crime and it doesn't better a school. Nothing. It's dumb, it right? It's so amazing. So I think what it's happened, tell me what you think of this. This isn't really a policy point. But I think the quality of life got so good in this country that the people who do run on division had to create new lanes. You know, it's almost like we had to find new battlegrounds. We didn't have enough racism in modern society. So we're like, I don't know, we'll go fight over the people who died 200 years ago because that's what we're doing. We had serious champagne problems a couple of years ago. Yeah. You know, I, I, I actually retweeted a guy the other day. He said, I, I missed the days. But I would wake up in the morning, have a cup of coffee, read a few Trump tweets, and then apply for a 2.5% mortgage rate, and then, <laughs> and then go about my very day, right? Like, that's all we want. That's literally all we want. And I think the reason why Trump won by 30 points, setting a record in Iowa, yeah. that's indicative of what you're going to see across this country, not just in our, in our primary, but in the general election. And even MSNBC won't even put Trump on their that. television network, and this is why. People just want America back, and we know that Trump can do it. Give us the mean tweets if you don't like that. Yeah. Uh, quite frankly, I don't care. The, mm. the days of us being sensitive are over because things are so bad that we know we have got to get back to where we were four years ago. Yeah, and I, I don't – honestly, I don't think – we're talking to the great Wesley Hunt from the great state of Texas. I don't think you can shame people socially away from voting for Trump anymore. You know, that no. was a tool. But like you said, the quality of life decline is so pronounced. This is a thing I laugh about, okay? You know, we keep getting told – That, you know, if we throw Trump back into power, it's going to create this era of lawlessness. Dude, when I go to see when I go to CVS right now, my deodorant is locked up behind bars (laughs) with my toothpaste. Right. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe we talk after you free the crest toothpaste. I don't know. But uh, I have a a prediction when he wins in November, by the time he gets sworn in. By the time he even gets to office, before he signs a single executive order, all the foolishness and then for, for that, that two-month period is going to come to an abrupt end. Yeah. You watch. 
because nobody wants to deal with the wrath of what he's going to do on day one, and oh. that's why he's going to win. Oh, but you know what? People are listening to this interview and go, oh, what does that mean? Is he going to be a dictator? And we know the truth, but the point yes. is that's all they have now is overreaction. There's nothing left you know, but overreaction. People don't understand nuance. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, this is – first of all, and I've got to know President, President Trump. He's hilarious. Okay? Yeah, like hilarious. when he says that, yeah. like – when he says that, what he means is I'm going to walk in and I'm going to sign as many executive orders as possible mm-hmm. to end this. Yep. That's what he means by that. And I want him to do that. Yep. So do you. The country needs him to do that, and that's why he's going to win. Imagine that. Wesley Hunt is fired up. Now, listen, i got to preface this because uh, he does live in the great state of Texas where the Cowboys play, and they don't know a yeah. lot about winning in the month of January. But uh, <laughs> I will give you a free pass because it's also the home, of course, of the Houston Texans, who very well may yeah. win this weekend. Yes, do, yes. Do you adapt? Do you guys adopt C.J. Stroud the rest of the way and root for the Texans? Of course, well, I'm in Houston. I know. I'm aware. But I had to take so, a so, shot at the Cowboys because one of my biggest stations is out near Dallas. It's all about the cheap shot hunt. It's not about you. You're on the it. you're on the inside. Yeah, you teed it up and I missed it. Yeah, they went. Well, good job. Threw you a softball hunt, and here you are in Houston. Yeah, I guess CJ Stroud would be good. You're the best man. He's gonna be great. Uh, listen, great. Uh, we'll do this on TV soon. But thanks for the time today, brother. Congratulations to you, man. Looking forward to it. My Thank man. you. Take care. There he goes, the great Wesley Hunt. Who you know what? He was the better person. I was giving him a freebie. So he could take a shot at the Dallas Cowboys. He did not do it. And I know my KTBB listeners, they can have a laugh. And by the way, we're about to add a stand-up gig in Dallas. So you guys can drive up the Buckies, get a chocolate-covered lawn chair, a deep-fried grenade launcher, and come to my comedy show. You can do those things at Buckies, And you can also stick around because we'll be back after this. The show that's not afraid to hit the road. The stars at night are big and bright. Big and This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Get him on tomorrow. Doesn't matter. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Bottom of the ninth on this show. Long inning. We went to break early so we could have a little more you and me time to close it out. Tell you what's happening right now. You want to know what's happening, man? Oh, goodness gracious. They are gearing up for the most divisive election ever. I mean, everyone, everyone is going to be a white supremacist this time next week. Democrats just call everyone racist so they go along with their stupid ideas. Okay, this is, they're in. Okay, they're already calling Trump Hitler. Okay, they're already calling the voters racist. I played a Joy Reid clip earlier. Okay, I will play it again. This is Joy Reid trying to tell you that Nikki Haley didn't win in Iowa because she's a brown lady. Do you know how cheap and reductive and stupid that is? Here it is, clip 30. It's the elephant in the room. She's still a brown lady that's got to try to win in a party that is deeply anti-immigrant. It's still a challenge. I don't see how she becomes the nominee of that party with Donald Trump still around. I can't picture it happening. Maybe it could happen. Ron DeSantis' only argument for staying in it is he's the white guy that he can still make the appeal to white people. Garbage like you just makes me sick. I mean, seriously, Joy Reid. You are so full of sh- She doesn't actually believe what she's saying. She hates herself. She has no dignity. 
Okay, the late, great Whitney Houston once sang, no matter what they take from me, they can't take away my dignity. No, they can if they give you a show on MSNBC and you have the intellectual depth of a puddle and the only thing you can go on TV every night and say is everybody else is a racist, then yes, they can, in fact, take away your dignity. Okay. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Okay, Nikki Haley, if being a brown lady in a party that's anti-immigrant... How did she win the governorship of South Carolina? I think he's got a point. How did she get appointed to be our U.N. ambassador? I think he's got a point. Yeah, and the point is Joy Reid's full of But this is the groundwork they're laying for the election. It's just going to be everybody's a racist. Nikki Ellie isn't winning, and I'll tell you why she's not winning. Are you ready for it? Donald Trump has the greatest campaign surrogate in the history of politics, a surrogate so good that it makes it impossible not to like Trump. That's how good the surrogate is. You know what that surrogate's name is? The surrogate's name is Joe Biden. That is correct. Every day Joe Biden is in office, he makes the Donald Trump presidency look a hell of a whole lot better. That's true. That is true. Okay, and that's why Nikki Haley isn't overcoming Trump. It's not that she's a bad candidate. I've had her on a show. I've had her on TV. She's actually pretty personable. Okay, and she was effective as a governor in South Carolina. I get that Twitter has taught angry people terms like neocon and globalist. Okay, but that doesn't mean it's who she is. And the whole argument of like, oh, she changes the stripes. You're all voting for Trump, who was a Democrat 10 years ago. You can't talk to me about changing your stripes. I admire your honesty. But the point is, okay, Nikki Haley ain't winning, not because she's a bad candidate or because Republicans are racist. The majority of Trump voters voted for Barack Obama. Okay, Ron DeSantis is not sticking around because he's the white guy. Ron DeSantis is sticking around because he can't accept that he ain't going to win this thing. Correct the mundo. Okay, if you're skipping New Hampshire and going to South Carolina as Ron DeSantis is, it's not because things are going well. Okay, Nikki Haley polling well in New Hampshire. Doesn't mean she's going to beat Trump, but she's got to stay in there because if she doesn't win New Hampshire, it's over. Okay, it's probably over already. But the reason Joy Reid is going to race is it's all they got, kid. It's all they got. From now to November, he's a racist, you're a racist, they're a racist, we some racist. Wouldn't you like to be a racist, too? That's where they're taking this. Okay, and it is bananas. Okay, it is bananas that that's what they're going to. And the reason they're going there is, again, you can sell racism a lot more effectively than you can sell the impact that Biden's policies have had on black Americans. So you don't have to deliver for people. Relevant. Why deliver for people? Just run on straw man arguments. Okay, here's Joe Biden. He's on a show called Keeping It Real with Al Sharpton. Al Sharpton, who sparked a fraudulent race riot over Tawana Brawley. That's how he got his start in national politics. He faked a race riot. Okay, he has a show called Keeping It Real. That's Use your common sense. That's like Rachel Dolezal having a show called Keeping It Black. Okay? Give me a break. Elizabeth Warren having a show called Keeping It Native American. Okay? The point is, none of it's true. But Biden goes on Keeping It Real and does what Biden does, makes stuff up. And says he was elected when his state was still segregated. Clip nine. As you know, most people don't know. My state was a slave state. My state was segregated by law when I got elected. My state is Delaware. We've changed it all, but 
It, uh, although I'm not sure they know that Slater is the cause of the Civil War, but uh, that's a different issue. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to make a take a shot at Nikki Haley there. But Biden tells you his state was segregated. You know what Biden doesn't tell you? So fascinating how this works. That he fought to the death, to the death, to oppose integrated school busing. Think about that for a second. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, this was her biggest moment as a presidential candidate. Kamala Harris at the first presidential debate in 2020 said, Joe Biden, there was a little girl in 1978 who wanted to get on an integrated school bus. And you fought against integrated school buses, Joe Biden. You said you didn't want your kids to grow up in a racial jungle. And you fought to deny the girl the right to get on that school bus. And that little girl was me. She called him out for that. It's a known thing. Joe Biden fought tooth and nail. He opposed integrated busing. Now he wants you to believe he's Martin Luther Joe. You know, give me a break, man. It's embarrassing. But why are they going there? Because they're hemorrhaging support with the black community because the black community doesn't want to be treated like black people. They want to be treated like people, people who need a good economy, lower crime, better schools. They want what you want. They want what I want. The only people who don't acknowledge that are the Democrats. And that's why they're in the desperate spot they find them in. Okay, I don't mean to get all cranky because the show's over. It's Miller time for me. I'm heading to the bar. I'll see you on your TV tomorrow, and we'll be back on the radio to do damn thing as well. In the meantime, pay up, get out, be a Republican, be a Democrat. Just don't be a... Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcast, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.